Hello, everybody, and welcome to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman. This podcast is brought to you by myself um, and Spellman Ministries. We are super, super thankful that you've chosen to tune into this show. Um, this show, if this is your first time, welcome. If you're uh, someone who's listened before, welcome back. Um, these conversations are not only encouraging to you, but they are also encouraging to myself. I I really enjoy recording these and getting in here and uh, sitting in front of the microphone and talking. That is a whole skill set that uh, I didn't know required so much, um, not just discipline, but like perseverance and for- mental fortitude to just sit in a studio and talk and communicate into a mic with no feedback, no reaction. You really got to be in tune um, I believe just with the spirit, because there's been times I've recorded the the show and it's gone completely according to what I've prepared. And there's been other times where I've recorded this podcast and it has just gone, you know, a little bit to the left and then way left. And then we ended up where God wanted us to end up. So again, this show is called Roar, excuse me, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. I just get into scripture and read it. And uh, let it reveal who Jesus is and talk about it, hopefully help you and encourage you in your own uh, just Bible study time, your own conversation with the Lord. That's what that's what a win looks like. We were uh, ministering as a family at a church and the Lord just revealed to us and asked us, you know, what is what does a win look like? What is a successful, you know, gathering church service, whatever the the arena is, what what is what makes that successful? Well, it's successful when we've impacted are another person's relationship and conversation with the Lord in a better way. If we're if this podcast is encouraging you to just get alone with God and talk to him and and pray and read the word then then that's a win and that's what I'm ultimately, you know, wanting to encourage your heart. And so, today what are we actually going to talk about? What is the uh the text of the day, I guess you could call it? You talk about the text of the day. I got real quick and to do a little uh Hopefully, two minute little side side trail. I don't know how long it's going to take for. We're going to see. Um, whenever I was in middle school, I get yeah, I was like in middle school. I was in eighth, seventh grade. Um, and Dan and I, we both the schools that we went to were like right next to each other. Um, so Dan and I, we would ride in the car. Dad would take us to school in the morning. And my grandma uh, Mimi, she started doing these text messages once she got a phone that could like text really good she would text these what she called uh buzzwords you know the word of the day kind of thing and they were little scriptures or a word with a definition or something for us to talk about not only with her we would call her and talk to her but then we would talk about it on our way to school you know that way as we're going into school we have you know our minds just in a different place we're not you know, just kind of arriving and then hit with whatever, but we're prepared. We're coming into a to the day with just encouragement and with the truth, and and that's something really, really important. And it's almost a very similar vein. Looking at it now that that this podcast is in, and uh, I really I miss Mimi. She's she's up in heaven right now. She uh, so many words. I'm trying to think of how many. I mean, she came up with new ones every single day, and uh, that was a real, real um, awesome just encouragement to to myself and I know especially to my brother because you know those little things like that in our lives they they matter a lot you know those those family members maybe it's just a text every day and maybe they don't even respond but the the consistency and the foundation of of love is it's eternal and it is incredible and it's working and it does way more than we could ever think it would do so 
What is the scripture for today? You might ask, what is the word? What is the buzzword for today? Philippians chapter two um, is what I want to get into. And in Philippians chapter two, I'm just going to start in verse one and just start reading. And then what jumps out? I got a couple of verses I think that might stand out, but there's some uh, there's some goodness in here. So it says this in verse one. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. Excuse me, I did not like breathe when that comma came, so that didn't make a lot of sense. Affection, sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love and being in full accord and of one mind. So that's just the first verse that is like being hit. And it's talking about this unity of mind. And unity of mind is not, don't think bricks, but think stones. You know, um, unity is is simply figuring out and allowing it to be revealed where we fit and then working together based on that position that is given to us. Um, I know this is something that's very common in America, but position is often earned um, it's not given, and, and we're a part of a kingdom. We're not a part of a democracy. We're not a part of a business. Um, when you've been born again and you've received Christ, you were grafted into, the Bible says, the kingdom of his dear son. So we've been engrafted in, in into a family, and in that family dynamic, it's not earned. Yes, there is a, you know, a, a way that we keep ourselves, but our promotion is not earned. It's given to us. So understanding that it's something that we receive, it's something that is given to us by the discretion of the master of the king, you know, it's not just something that I've, you know, I've earned. Now, my good and trustworthy behavior and actions can definitely help to influence and to work towards something, but it's not like I'm just going to clock in and I have to work at least 12 hours and then I get a promotion. It is a consistency of life that then shows I am trustworthy for promotion But it's not like I earned it by working, you know, a segmented amount of time or a segmented, you know, difficulty of a task. So that's a completely different thing. So when we're coming into a unity with one another, if we're in the family, unity can be one person on top and acknowledging, well, they're just a little further on, you know, in their relationship, you know, with the Lord, or maybe they know some things that I just don't know. So I'm going to fit next to him because... You know, I need to I need to pick up some of the things they know, and then they might very equally turn to you and say, wow, there's some things that you have some light on that I've never seen before. And so there becomes this cooperation, this relation, not based on position in the unity Well, we're all, you know, on the bottom level or all on the top level or, you know, we're all bosses or we're all employees. Don't think business terms. Think relational terms. We're brothers, we're sisters. We have different gifts, different talents, different things that we might be strong in, but those strengths should not create a competition, but they should in fact create a completion with one another and with the body. So whenever he's talking about same mind, that means allowing our minds to be renewed to the same point, allowing the way that we think to be the same way that Christ thought. And what is that way that Christ thought? Well, I'm glad you asked because he continues on in the chapter and gives a very good breakout of some of these things. He says this, I believe talking about this one mind, what does it mean to have the same mind? Says this in verse three, do nothing from selfish, selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. That right there, that's what it means to be of one mind. 
we count the other more than ourselves. What does that mean? We're we're putting them first. We're loving. We are creating a unity, not by everyone submitting to me and lining up with me like a brick, but instead through figuring out and feeling, you know, with trust and with love, okay, whoa, this is this is where we fit next to them. This is how I, you know, can work, you know, hand in hand with them. Well, if I submit here and I put them first, that allows that gift in their life to 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 flourish or that talent or that wisdom that they have to flourish and to be heard, to be appreciated, right? And then whenever they act the same way towards me, that then fuels the same things in my life, the wisdom, the talents, the giftings, whatever it might be. But it comes from that ultimate decision in the forefront before anything even happens to not pursue anything from a selfish, selfish ambition. That's a hard word to say. (laughs) Verse four, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also look to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ. So this is something that comes through the new birth. You know, it's, um, and, and how does it come through the new birth? Because in the new birth, we actually experience a love that we've never experienced before. You know, you can't give something that you have not first received. It's just, it's the way it is. You, We didn't start breathing because we just, you know, pulled the chain and we just decided to start breathing. No, breath was given to us by God. Our life was given to us by God. It was a gift. It was started. So it's we didn't even start our own existence, but it was something that was given to us. So what makes us think that in anywhere else, that is just what we've we've gotten. No, it's something we've received in Christ. So when we're born again, there's a lot of things that were received that are received, but they have to be stewarded. They need to be um, protected, guarded. That's why the Bible has a lot of extensive things about guarding our eyes, guarding our ears, watching our mouth, um, taking care of our actions, being a good steward, being respectful to to parents. That's the first commandment. With promises, honor your father and mother. Why? Because that's a stewardship thing. It's a taking care of what's been given. It's a responding to the gift that's been given. Says this, this is the same mind which is in Christ. Verse five, or excuse me, verse six. Who thought, (laughs) this is wild, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equally, equal, equal, God, this is a hard word to say, to be equal with God. He did not find, man, I'm getting tongue-tied here, forgive me, did not count equality, that's the word, with God, a thing to be grasped. But instead, Jesus, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born into the likeness of a man, and being found in human form, he then humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death, even death of the cross." Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. So why, why, is, why is that important? Well, that shows even the, the way that the kingdom operates. Again, it operates through the Father giving. All things originated. The, the, we are not the originating point. That's something that is very important, you know, um, just in our relationships. And even if, you know, if you're a parent, if you're out there raising your, your children, Helping a child to realize at a young age that they're not the center of the universe. You know, nothing, the world does not revolve around their likes, their dislikes. You know, that, that feeds that entitlement. And where there's entitlement, there's no humility. And where there's no humility, it's impossible to give a gift. You can't give a gift to someone who thinks they deserve it. You know, it's, it's like, 
if you worked, you know, hours and hours and hours and you prepared and you, you planned this amazing birthday party and this, you know, this gift where you, you went out of your way to learn that person, say it's your, uh, your best friend, right? You learned your best friend's every food they liked, every food they didn't like through trial and error over years and years of relationship. You learned what they wanted. You know, you've got the new technology. You worked hours at your job to get the money to pay for the party. You've themed it around their favorite television show or whatever they like. You know, you've gone through all of this detail, this time, this work to prepare a gift a precious gift that was time spent, right? And all you want is you just want them to enjoy the day, right? You care about them. You love them. And so you prepare this gift and you give this gift to them. And there's not even a thank you. There's not an acknowledgement of anything. And again, we didn't give the gift to get that acknowledgement, but they're not even thankful for what they've been given because they think that they deserve it. Well, I've been a good friend to you for years. Of course you des- you know, of course I deserve this party, yeah, duh, you should know that about me, right? That kind of attitude is a very disheartening attitude and it's actually very destructive to relationship and to, to trust. Um, and so think about that even with our relationship with the Lord. If we think that we just deserve to be treated right, we deserve to have things given to us, you know, it's a different perspective, you know, and, and learning that from a young age, again, that life does not revolve around my likes or my dislikes. Well, of course, you know, you should know, everyone should know what I like and what I don't like. Well, that's not a very fair statement. Do you know what every other person that you pass, that you cross in front of, do you know what they like, what they don't like? Every little thing about them, have you, do you have it cataloged and, you know, books in a library in your house? So that way you make sure you don't say the wrong thing or the right thing. It becomes crazily um, just, ex- it it explodes way beyond proportion if that's the way that we're all to live our lives. But see, if we live our lives simply in love and with thanksgiving and this like mind, which is in Christ, that will create a unity, not based on just likes and dislikes, but it creates a unity based on the true light that love shines in our heart. Because when there's light and there's love that has been given and has been experienced, right? We then can give that very same thing back. And that unity then comes through that family bloodline. It comes to the reality, wow, we, we love one another just as Christ has loved us. And that love becomes the unifying factor, not the preferences, not the attitudes, but the love that we have for one another creates such a unity, such a co-habitation, uh, such a co-partnership where we can work together you know, in and out of things, even if there is disagreements and opinions, we can still work together and create this unity um, that is not uniformity, but it's this unity where we're co-laboring with Christ in the earth. We're, we're doing like Jesus said when he taught his disciples to pray. Said, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we've forgiven others, right? So there's there's this unity that comes in, even in the Lord's Prayer, that is explained. And then what is the whole purpose even in the beginning of it? Well, the kingdom of God, what the family of God come, the family that is encompassed, right? That is encapsulated in love, that family come into the earth, that way of doing things be established, that kingdom 
be established. The the ways and the justices and the 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 values of love, let that be established in the earth as it is in heaven, so it be in the earth. But see, that all comes with the unity and the very first part of this whole chapter here in Philippians 2 says this, do nothing from selfish and selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And that sounds very simple in a scripture, but in practice it creates a lot of, it's a lot of stretching. Um, it's not easy. We have to basically kill our, our flesh um, with a lot of... Um, it's a lot and and it's and it's not fueled by just discipline and gritting your teeth but it's fueled by the desire it's fueled by by the delight that hey if the lord delights in me and he loves me this much then i can love him to the same degree i can love others to the same degree that he loves them it's a delight i get to enjoy life with other people why because whenever i begin putting them first like jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because you're then tapping into this eternal truth of how love is what formed the universe. Love is what formed everything that's created in heaven and in earth. Love is the center of it all. And so if you don't have love, like Paul said, you have nothing. You're but a clanging symbol, right? If it's, it's about where it's coming from. And if love is the epicenter, then if we can get that in our minds, and that's what our, what fuels our thought life, what fuels our actions, our words, man, we're going to be able to have control over our tongue like it says in James. It says if a man can contain, contain or control his, whole, his tongue, then he can tame the whole body. So if we can keep you know the reins in on our words and we can speak life and love and allow that just to be the delight of our life and our experience here, as the, the gift that God's given us as of life every single day, if we can delight in Him, because we know He delights in us, there can be a, a transformation in that unity and that one-mindness that He's talking about here can be achieved, and it is possible because Christ purchased it on the cross. It's not of my strength, but it's of His grace. Because again, it's a kingdom. I don't have to work 10 hours to get this. It's a gift that's given to me, but am I going to receive it And am I going to be a steward of that gift that I have really received in Christ? So that's all I really had for today to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I appreciate every single one of you guys who give me feedback on these shows. Um, I've had a lot of people that have said, you know, Sam, appreciate the podcast. I've been listening to it. Um, All of those things, those words really do mean a lot. I'm very thankful for that. Um, If you want to get in touch with me again, if you've not been able to, if you don't have any personal contact information of mine, please check the description of the podcast because there is our website, there's our Facebook, Instagram, um, email address, and you can get in touch with me that way. Any questions about the podcast or anything you would even like me to talk about or discuss on the podcast, uh, feel free to send that information in to me as well. So, um, like I said, I think that's about all, all I got. Um, these are super, super fun. Um, this has been... You know, this has been a good a good week. As I'm recording this, I've had an amazing week, amazing weekend. Um, so just, I encourage you, take some time with the Lord. Let the unity come and let it be something that you receive, that you trust the Lord has put in you. Believe that it's something that you've gotten. Don't think it's something that you've got to achieve or you got to work to get. It's not that you have to work to get it. It's that you have to believe and start confessing, hey, this is what's in me. 
and I'm going to, I'm going to act, you know, it's, it's, I'll say this as I close, cause this just was highlighted in my spirit. You know, well, how do you, you say, how do you have something if you've not worked for it? Well, <clears throat> if someone just gave you the keys to a Lamborghini, you would probably act a little bit different than if you didn't have those keys. Now, did you work for those keys? Did you earn the keys? No. But when someone gives you the keys, you act differently because you know you have the power to get in that car and to drive wherever you want, you know, with the power of that engine, right? And the coolness of of how that car looks. It changes how you act. Why? Because you have the keys. Well, you've received the Holy Spirit. You've got the keys to access the power of God in these areas in your life. You act a little bit different when the keys are in your pocket. You know, it's not something you got to go find and work for the keys. No, they've been given to you. So act like you've got the keys. Start, you know, working with that. Let that be the starting point and then work from there where eventually you'll be driving that car zipping all up and down and around, you know, driving around the world just you know, exploding with the light, like Jesus said in Matthew, like a city on a hill. You know, we are the light of the world. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Seriously, love all of you guys so very, very much. And I will see you guys next time on Roar. You know, it's it's a good day to be his. See you guys. <laughs>